We are attempting to finish the messages to the seven churches in Revelation. And this has taken a lot longer than I had planned, but I'm glad that we are taking our time. This is sermon number three of just the church, the seventh church, Laodicea. And here's the reason why I think the Lord has led us to slow down and take in what he is saying to his church, to the messenger of the church in Laodicea. Anybody tell me what is a messenger? An angel, a pastor, preacher, someone that gives the word, the message. That's what angels did. When the angels came and announced, to us, to you has been born a savior who is Christ the Lord. I believe that all the messages to the various churches have much to say to all the ages, all of us. I'm not really a dispensationalist. Oh, you don't know what that means. That's a big, long word. It means that there are some scholars who have divided up all of the ages in the Bible. And some of them, like my dad, was a strong dispensationalist. And he believed that the time before Abraham was a certain dispensation. And from Abraham to when they went into Egypt was another. And so on and so forth going through that. And that in each of those cases, God was saying a specific word. But I think my dad would say, Ron, that's still true. Yes, it is true. But we have to look at the Bible from the front cover to the back cover and see it all as one gospel. And that's kind of how we've done this in the last three years that I've been preaching here, almost four years. We've gone through the Bible and seeing it as God speaking to us in Genesis, God speaking to us in Exodus, God speaking to us in the Psalms, God speaking to us in the Acts and the story of Jesus Christ and what he revealed of the Father to us. And the same goes for the book of Revelation. It's not saved for the last. In fact, it encompasses the whole of the gospel and we have the gospel in the book of Revelation. So we want to look always at what is God saying to us, even though we might be in the book of Genesis, or we might be in the Psalms, or we might be in Zechariah or one of the other prophets. God is speaking to us today. And so the same is true with these churches. In each church that we've studied and looked at, it is speaking to us today at MCC. That's his word to us. They might have had the name Ephesus or Philadelphia, or in this case today, Laodicea. These words are for us. But my dad would like this is what I'm about to say. I think the church of Laodicea really kind of 
if you can understand this metaphor, hits the nail on the head, that's a carpenter term, and you don't hit this nail, although I've done it many times, <laughs> you hit the nail right on the head. There are things about this church that we're going to look at today that are speaking, I think, very clearly to the age we're living in. And I've told you before, basically, we have an opportunity to reach the entire world. No one should be without a Bible. Even though some governments have shut the Bible out, yet, can we read the Bible in China? We can buy Bibles a little bit. We also have capability on our cell phones, is that right? Yeah. And that's pretty much that's describing what the church is today. It is worldwide. And there is not a country, I don't believe, that does not have believers in it. The church is scattered throughout the world. Yes, it's small in some places and it's larger in others. But it's not the size, it's the quality, it's the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ that makes the difference. And that's what we're striving for, that's what we're working for, that's what we're praying for in this church. That we not be so narrow in our vision, but that we see that God has the world in mind right now. We need help here in Japan. At the current rate that the Japanese church is not growing, the prediction if that rate continues, there will not be a church in Japan in 25 years. We just prayed for a pastor for upstairs, a Japanese pastor. Almost half of the Japanese churches are without a pastor right now. We need to continue to pray for the Japanese church. Very, very needy. But we've got a big task to do in this country. And so it is a burden that I trust that we are bearing for the Japanese church. Don't just think of us as, well, we're an international church. No, we are in Japan. And this needs to be the first. This needs to be the Jerusalem that we preach to, that we share the gospel. In your school, in your office, we really need to know that Jesus Christ is Lord of the church and we can bring his word with confidence. This is to the messenger of the church in Laodicea. It's a message to me as the pastor at MCC that we preach the gospel. These churches were scattered in Western Turkey that we call Turkey. Let's read this again together. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it. For the time is near. Let's say that again. The last one. 
for the time is near the say it again for the time is near and we need to get that in our hearts and minds and thoughts we don't have a lot of time but there is a blessing for those who read hear and heed obey the words of revelation let's read our passage here this morning to the angel of the church in laodicea write the amen and the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god says this i know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot i wish that you were cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold and this is kind of gross i will spit you out of my mouth wow that's a hard word because you say i'm rich and i've become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched miserable poor blind naked i advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and i salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see and then this is the passage we're going to look at today those whom i love i reprove and discipline therefore be zealous and repent behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and will dine with him and he with me he who overcomes i will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as i also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches amen those whom i love i reprove and discipline how do we know that god loves us well you know what god really loves me because i have the best job that anybody could have i'm supervisor at our company god must really love me how do we know that god really loves us think about your parents think about your grandparents how do you know they really love you is it because they give you candy every day is it because they just give you everything you want is that right do you get something you want all the time from mommy no sometimes there's discipline that has to happen in fact if we're not disciplined we are miserable people god has made us that way and it's not just because of the fall and we disobeyed we would have had discipline even if adam and eve hadn't fallen because it's part of how god has trained us he said to 
Adam, before Adam was a sinner, take care of this garden. Oh yes, he was given a great possession. The whole earth belonged to Adam. What a lucky guy. God really loves me. Well, yes, he does love you, but there's also the requirement, I need you to, to work in the garden. Make it even more beautiful. That's the mandate he has given to us, and he hasn't lifted that. We still, as human beings, must take care of what God has given us in the world. We studied a little bit of that, I think, was it last year, when we were talking about the fact that we have been given a mandate from God to be his servants and to serve him on the earth. It's not just whom God loves, but he reproves and disciplines us. That's the proof of his love for us. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. And he says to us then, therefore, be zealous and what? Repent. Now that, I like the first word zealous. Be, be zealous. Yeah, just get in there, roll up your sleeves and get to work for God. But that second word, repent. Do any of you need to repent of something this morning? We should all know that we need to repent. That's what God is asking for us. Now, does that mean I'm a terrible sinner? I really sinned against you. No, I come with a heart that recognizes that I need discipline. I need God to direct my life. I can't do it on my own. That's what it means to repent. That's what it means for you to obey mommy and daddy. You need to repent every day. Don't forget about that. That's what I love about raising kids. That's why we've got 21 grandchildren and 12 great-grandchildren. We're like rabbits. We, we have lots of kids. We love kids. I'm going to talk about a couple of boys. You know, Jesus talked in Luke 15 about what we call the prodigal son. That title is not inspired. If you look in your Bible and it says the prodigal son, that title on that story that Jesus told is not true. It should read the prodigal sons. There were two sons. And the youngest son asked his dad, I want my inheritance and I want it now. And what did the father do? He gave it to that youngest son. Did you know that the father also gave the other half to the older son that same day? It said he divided it in two and gave to each of them. We're pretty familiar with what happened to the younger son. What did he do with it? Basically, he went out and he blew it. He wasted it. 
That's what it means to be a prodigal. He was wasting what had been given to him. But when he was there eating pig food along with the pigs, he came to his senses and said, I need to go back to my father. And I need to ask him, make me like one of your servants. Because eating pig food just really doesn't cut it. I've wasted your money. And so the young son came back. And it seems like it was many years that he was gone. And that father would go out and look down the road to see if the son was coming back. Day after day after day. And finally one day he noticed, here, that looks like my boy. What did he do? He ran to him. Why did he run to him? What would be the reason why the father would run to him? He loved him. But there's another reason. We learned this from a Jewish man who lived in Israel and understood how tight the villages are. The father ran to the son to get there before the villagers came out and saw him. The villagers would say, you get out of here. You do not belong in this village. We will not let a person like you live in our village. You wasted your father's inheritance. And we don't want scumbag like you in our village. Get out. But the father went there, embraced him, provided a gown for him, a ring for his finger, and shoes on his feet. That's a picture of how miserable we are as sinners needing repentance. And the Father receives us every single time. And other people look on and say, how does he get off on that? Because of our Father and his love. Well, the Father went and had the servants kill a calf so that they could have a feast. And the older son was out in the field. And he heard this singing and he saw these people coming together at the house. And so he went there and he saw that his brother, younger brother, had come back. Well, that scumbag, that guy. I've been working for years here at the farm. And now he, he gets a party for wasting half of the inheritance. I said there was two prodigal sons. You know that all those years, the older son was obeying the father, not out of gratefulness, but out of, you never gave me anything like this. And now you give it to him. Is that the way we are? Yeah, even when we have received so much, we're still not satisfied. There were two prodigal sons. Jesus also told another story. And it was about the two sons in the vineyard in Matthew 21. Jesus was talking about these two sons. The father said to the first son, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. 
And the first son said, no, I'm not going to. So the father went away, I guess. But afterwards, the son who had said no, he went and he worked hard all day in the field. And the father came then to the second son and said, go work in the vineyard. But the second son said, I will, sir. But he didn't go. He didn't go and work in the vineyard. And Jesus said to him, which of the two did the will of his father? And they answered, the first son. Then Jesus said to the leaders, truly I say to you that tax collectors, prostitutes, will get into heaven ahead of you. Church leaders, we think we're going to be first. Yeah, I'll go. But do we want to really commit our whole life? Or are we looking for another handout? Are we looking for some easier way? And that one that said, no, I'm not going to. And then he repented. And he said, yes, I will go and work. And he worked all day hard. That's what repentance means. It means turning around, having a sense of, my father has asked me to do something. I want to honor him. And so he went and he worked hard in the vineyard. And this is what Jesus says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Because we are made in the image of God, we as human beings. We may look at one another and say, well, you know, I'm not the same as this person and, and I'm, I'm different than this other and compare ourselves one to the other. God does not look at us as comparing us one to the other. He's looking at what is the response of our heart? How are we standing before what God has asked us to do? Maybe God is speaking to you this week and you're saying, no, no, I, I, I really don't want to do that. And he keeps speaking to you. And then finally you come to that place and you say, okay, I'll do that. What peace there is in following the commandment of the Lord. That's what we sang about. The law of the Lord, the request of the Lord, is good for us. It's good for us to repent. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him. It's like the bread, the show bread. The priest every day went in and they were to eat of this bread all week long. And this was their portion because they were those who ministered directly with God himself. And it's called showbread or it's called the bread of faces. Jesus said, I will dine with him and he with me. And that's what the priest was doing. Eating before the Lord. What did Jesus do just before he was crucified? He sat at a meal with them. He, he knew that he was going 
and he was going to die for us. All Jesus is saying to us is, come to me. All you who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. That's what he has for us, for every one of us. He who overcomes. What is an overcomer? An overcomer is someone who has overcome that hindrance in his life. It's another way of saying, I repent. I'll do what you say. Because who's got the best idea of what's good for us? The Father. The Father does. But I know better. Jesus doesn't know all the technicality of what it means to work in this company. Oh, yes, he does. And he knows what's best for you. And so, as an overcomer, the first obstacle is your own willful heart. That's what stops us every time, or in most cases. It's our own desire. And we overcome that. And that is repentance. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne. We rule with Jesus when we obey. That's the promise. I will grant to him. I will give him the right to sit down with me on my throne. As I also overcame, get this, I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus hanging on the cross said, your will be done. Actually, he said it a few hours before that, when he sweat drops of blood in the garden when he was praying. Not my will, but your will be done. That was Jesus' words. Not as a sinner, but a representative of sinners. And he came and lived as a man and perfected all perfection in the law for me, for you, for every one of us. That's an overcomer. That's someone who has gained an incredible inheritance from the Father. We are kings. We are, and, and I'll say this, we are queens too. We are the children of God. He has given us that privilege and that honor. And so he allows us to reign and rule with him. You know, you wonder, back when I was a kid, and that was a long time ago, I'm not sure how many galaxies or how many planets or how many ecospheres there were known to man back when I was a kid. But you know, we've discovered that there are billions of galaxies, almost limitless. And so we are going to rule and reign we are a miserable little ball hanging out here in space with more people living on this ball than have ever lived in past centuries. 
You realize that? We are a tiny little speck compared to all the world in the universes that God has created. And he has sent his son to us. That's how big we're talking about. And we didn't know that just a few years ago. We didn't know that we were living in such a tiny little speck in the universe. We are humbled. We repent. We didn't know. But God said in his word what it was all about. And he placed our father and our mother, Adam and Eve, on this little ball to prove who his son was, to prove who he was, the God of love, the God of order, the creator God. We think that mankind has really got it made now. We are going so far, we haven't even started. And God is reaching out to us in our age and saying, he who overcame makes me an overcomer. He did it first. And he made us to be overcomers. Look at your work that way. Look at your calling that way. Look at your situation today that way. Through the eyes of Creator God and what he has planned for you. Your life from here on out is going to change. And it's not just because you came to Japan and you're seeing this country for the first time. It's because you've yielded yourself to the God of the universe. The one who holds the worlds in his hand. That's who our Father is. And here's our task. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him, but I put the word in there, Satan. They overcame Satan because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of, what's the next word? There. Who is the there there? Do you know who? Let's read this again. And they overcame Satan because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Who are we talking about? About us. At least it should be us. We are true sons, true daughters. We are overcomers. And we are overcoming the enemy. Do you feel that way in your job? You might not feel like it, but this is the declaration here for every one of us because of the word of their testimony. Now, you're ready to see the last line. And they did not, well, it's the second to the last line. And they did not love their life. Remember, Laodicea we're talking about. Ah, I'm rich, I've got everything. But they were miserable people, wretched, naked Christians and they did not love their life even when faced with death. That is what God is calling to us, to die. And that might not necessarily be 
when someone shoots us or we just die of old age no it's when you leave this room it might even before you leave this room not my will but yours be done that's what God is calling us to and that's dying every day every moment in repentance with an attitude of father I'll go and work I'll work hard for you all day because of what you have given to me your son your daughter that's the commitment we make as believers every morning when we wake up that's what he's calling us to be and you know what if every one of us here was to believe this word uh, this might be speculation on my part but Japan would be evangelized within one generation he's called all of us here whether you're an accountant or whether you are a professor or whether you are a housewife he's called us to this we are overcomers and we will be granted to sit with him because that's the kind of God we have okay she's tired of my message I gotta quit <laughs> I love her. <laughs> She's a little scared of me, but that's okay. Okay, here it is. It says he, but let's say he, she. He, she who has an ear. Are we hearing? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, but he's saying it to the church here he who has an ear let him hear okay unless you're deaf we hear in these little holes in our head okay and when these vibration can you just feel those vibrations for me because you have ears to hear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches And that's what God has spoken to us here. Father, we, we just pray that in these days when we've looked at your word and sometimes when we read it on our own, it, it just doesn't make sense. But we thank you that the Holy Spirit is with us. And so we pray that this last message on the seven churches would, would really ring true to our hearts so that we are tuned as sons and daughters to hear your voice and to obey and to repent. And we say amen because you are the faithful and true witness. You are the beginning of the creation of God. And you've come into our lives and made a huge change. And we submit our lives to you we thank you that you have forgiven our disobedience, our selfishness, our wanting our own way. And you've allowed us to come to the cross where you died for our sin, making us your own child. And we pray that as we walk through this time here in Japan, 
particularly during this month when the rest of the world is not really understanding what christmas is about you have come into our lives and you've made a difference help us to tell the story help us to be in a place where we will submit ourselves to the king of kings lord of lords the lamb of god and yes we can just barely imagine what it's like to sit on a throne with you but lord we set that before our eyes you are our goal and that's what we desire of you to be your humble servant to obey you and go and work in the vineyard and may this be a fruitful vineyard here in japan we pray this in jesus name amen